Hey guys. Ugh. The intro is my least favorite thing in the whole world. Because I'm like, hi, it's Bree. And I'm all by myself talking to myself. Hi. <laughs> it's Cameron, special guest on this episode of Bree. <laughs> that was beautiful. We are doing The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton, which Cam realized tonight is a woman. Yeah. A girl, actually. She's 15. Was 15 when she wrote this. And when she graduated high school, it was published on the day of her graduation. And it was based on her life in school and where she grew up. It's a first-person narrative about two gangs, the Greasers and the Soches. The Greasers are like the working lower class and the Soches are the upper class. And the narrator's name is Ponyboy Curtis. In 1983, we were blessed with the movie version, The Hottest Men to Ever Grace the Silver Screen. It has Patrick Swayze and Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, the guy from Karate Kid, and they're all hot, and they're like 16, and it's the best. It's a good movie. You should watch it. Okay, so we're going to do major characters, and Cam's going to start with Ponyboy. All right, Ponyboy Curtis, he is 14 years old. He's the narrator of the book, so he's the one kind of explaining the story. He's a, kind of a quiet kid. He, he kind of hangs out with his older brothers and their gang, and I think they kind of respect him, one, because who his brothers are, and then I guess they really talks about how he's kind of bigger for his age, and he has a good build, and he's kind of athletic, so, so they like that about him. Likes to read, kind of likes movies. His parents are killed in a car accident, so he's an orphan, technically. And he lives with his two older brothers. Yep. Okay, so the next boy who I guess is, I would say he's the second main character. Yeah, he's probably in I it the would. most. Yeah. Is Johnny Cade. He's also a greaser. He's 16 and he's Ponyboy's best friend. His home life sucks. His parents are really abusive and kind of just ignore him. And he recently was jumped by like a group of socias and it really freaked him out and he's never really gotten over it and they call him like a lost puppy. <laughs> he just has like sad eyes and he's always kind of jumpy, but he's everyone's kid brother and they all love him the most. He doesn't have any like family life. He just has the greasers. They are his family. Yeah. The next one, Soda Pop Curtis, that is the middle brother of the Curtis family, Ponyboy's older brother. He's 16, high school dropout, works at a mechanic shop, super good with cars. Um, he's Ponyboy's favorite. He's Ponyboy's best friend. Ponyboy idolizes him. He's always happy. He's always smiling. And then everyone else loves him. He's super hot. Super handsome. They say that he looks like a Greek god almost. And the Greaser girls and the Soch girls, they're all they're all in love with him. He's more, they kind of explain he's like drunk on life. He doesn't, he's not big into partying or drinking. He doesn't need it to, to kind of have a good time. And he's he's pretty down to earth. He's he's the one that Ponyboy can talk to when he's kind of going through a hard time. And they, they're best friends, really. Yeah. Okay, so oldest brother is Derry Curtis. Daryl is his name. But they call him Derry. And it's Patrick Swayze, if you need a visual. He's the oldest brother. He's 20. He's also the oldest in the gang. Everyone else is in high school still. Or young enough to be in high school, I guess. Some of them dropped out. But he works because he has to. He dropped... Did he drop out? He didn't go to college. He graduated, but he didn't. Yeah. He had a scholarship and stuff for college. Yeah, for football, right? But yeah, but then once his parents died, he he put that aside and started working construction for to support his brothers. Mm -hmm. 
He's pretty strict because he has to be because if his brothers get in any trouble, they'll take them away from him. Ponyboy tells us that he went through a lot. He had to grow up too fast and that's kind of why he's tough and strict. He's pretty handsome and he looks like his dad and he's really, he's like really strong. He's the strongest guy in the gang and people are kind of afraid of him and he's, he's like really smart, but kind of rough. He's mean, but he doesn't really mean to be. He's just... Yeah, I think it's like after his parents died, he didn't know where to channel his emotions. He he went from being a kid going to college to all of a sudden the, the father of two, pretty much. And so he's trying to raise himself as well as raise his two little brothers, which is obviously a big deal. Dallas Winston is is the next one. Um, they call him Dally. Dally is the, the meanest of the bunch. I don't know if they ever say how old he is. He I think he's younger than Derry, but he's probably like 19. He's the toughest of them all. He grew up in like they, what they call the wild side of New York where he, he ran in gangs and he would tell stories about jumping people and he was arrested when he was 10 and all these things. And it's just kind of, he's just a very hardened, hardened person, but he's loyal to, to his group of friends that he's met. He did talk about how he has a reputation with the police. He has a rap sheet a mile long with the police. Pony isn't the biggest fan of him. I don't, I don't, kind of in between of like, whether he's afraid, intimidated by him, afraid of him, but he respects him nonetheless because he is so tough and just kind of so willing to take take command, especially if he's, he's useful when they get in fights and things like that. The next one is 2-Bit Matthews. His real name is not 2-Bit. It's Keith, but they call him 2-Bit because you can't shut him up. It says he always had to get his 2-Bits worth in, so they call him 2-Bit. He's really funny. He's the funny guy in the gang. He's the oldest greaser besides dairy so he's really good at shoplifting and getting away from the cops he likes fights and he likes school even though he's not very good at it and he never does his homework but he likes actually being at school and he's almost 19 but he's still a junior in high school because he can't seem to pass a grade prize possession is a black handled switchblade that he stole it's his pride and joy and he's constantly sharpening it which is funny because i don't think he's ever will ever intend to use it no. He just has it for bragging rights, but he's not the type of guy that would use a knife on someone. The next one, Steve Randall. Steve Randall is Soda Pop's best friend since they were a kid, about 17. He's cocky, smart, super good with cars. He works at the same gas station as Soda Pop. Yeah, and Soda Pop and Steve are attached at the hip. Ponyboy doesn't really like Steve. Steve never's been nice to him. Soda Pop's always inviting Ponyboy to like parties and things like that. And then Steve just thinks Ponyboy's a tag along. So Ponyboy's never been the biggest fan of Steve. But once again, it goes back to in this group, they're all loyal to each other. And if there's a fight or anything like that, they all have each other's back despite kind of their, their differences. So the themes, well, there's really only one theme and it's the social class conflict thing. That's the for sure the biggest theme and basically the only one that people ever talk about. Just the differences between social class and you can see that with the gangs. And then the other two are loyalty and love, but we won't go over those very much. It's mostly just the social classes that we'll focus on. Okay, so we're going to go into chapters and I'm going to do chapter one. Okay, chapter one. The narrator opens. It's Pony Boy. And he has just walked out of a movie, a Paul Newman movie called Cool Hand Luke. He's talking about how he wishes he looked like him because he wants to be handsome. But he's a greaser. He describes himself as not so bad looking. And he says most greasers don't ever bother getting a haircut. But he's really proud of his hair. It's his like pride and joy. 
but he's walking home from a movie. He's talking about how he went to the movie alone because he likes to watch movies alone, but that wasn't a very smart decision on his part because greasers try to stick together and not be alone because if they are alone, they usually get jumped. He starts telling us about his brothers, Soda Pop and Derry, which we've already talked about. Soda Pop is 16, Derry's 20, they live together. Derry's a sole provider because their parents died. Pony Boy, throughout the novel, he basically thinks that Derry doesn't like him, that he only likes soda, and he thinks he's too hard on him and all that stuff. But he says that he feels bad for Derry because he had to grow up too fast. But he says that soda will never grow up, and he wonders which one is better. So, Soch is an abbreviation for socials, which is the west side rich kids, and then the greasers are the east side lower class kids, I guess. Okay, so the greasers have a bad reputation. They get into a lot of trouble. They shoplift and they fight. The Soches also fight a lot, but people are less likely to believe that they would do things like that, so they don't really get in trouble for anything. So we're back to him walking home alone, which is not smart on his part. As expected, a car full of Soches pulls up. There's five of them, and they jump out. Ponyboy tells us he's never been jumped before, but recently his best friend Johnny had been jumped by four Soches, and now he's scared of his own shadow. And Pony is only 14. All these Soches are way bigger than him. The Soches surround him. They pull out a knife, tell him that they're going to cut his hair. Derry and Soda show up to save him, and they chase the greasers off. Pony Boy says that when Derry showed up, Pony's like beaten pretty badly. He's bleeding, and he's scared. He says he's fine, though, because you just don't cry in front of Derry. <laughs> so the rest of the gang comes back. They chase the Soches off. So the whole gang came to help him. And this is where Ponyboy describes all of the gang members, but we already did that in the character section, so I'm not going to do that right now. So he tells us that the warfare in their town has always been between social classes, and sometimes they have rumbles that they plan out, usually when something bad happens, like and they're yeah trying to get revenge for something that had happened. He says about the Soches on page 11, he says, you can't win against them no matter how hard you try because they've got all the breaks and even whipping them isn't going to change that fact. So obviously Ponyboy is pointing out their privilege, which is the main reason why they hate each other so much. The greasers see it as the socials have everything and it's easy for them. That's the reason that they hate them so much because they have it pretty bad and they don't think that the socials do. Then he talks about Johnny, his best friend, and how he was recently beaten, how his parents ignore him and are pretty abusive. Derry scolds Ponyboy. He always is mad at him for not using his head. That's like the one thing that Pony Boy doesn't do. I think another thing in this chapter is talking about Derry, the oldest brother. He buddied around with, when he was in high school, he was friends with like the socials. He played football. He was like super popular, I think. Says he's captain of the football team and voted boy of the year of his high yeah. school. And so that was extremely out of the norm for like hoods you know like for the greasers in, in this area everyone kind of looked at him a little differently with maybe a little more respect and that was a lot of that pony boy looked at him as well as that he he wanted to live up to Derry's kind of expectations but just felt like he kind of fell short and that he, could, he wasn't ever living up to to what Derry wanted him yeah well and I think that the greasers in general all look at Derry like he wouldn't be part of their gang had their parents not died yeah he would have gone to college and played, played football, football and done all of that. But because their parents died, he kind of had to stay. And that's why he fell into the greaser gang. Yeah. He yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. So Dally 
changes the subject and they decide that they're going to go to the drive-in movie tomorrow night. Soda and Steve are going and Ponyboy and Johnny decide to go as well. He talks about the types of girls that like the greasers and they're just greaser girls. He says they're like tough and loud and they wear, wear too much makeup. They're not like the pretty dainty girls that are in the Soch crowd. And that's the kind of girls that Soda and Steve are bringing to the movie. Ponyboy, like we said, he really likes to read. So he likens their situation to Great Expectations, Pip from Great Expectations. And he says the way he felt lousy because he wasn't a gentleman or anything. So Ponyboy has, he doesn't like how the Soches look at them, especially the girls. Actually, he doesn't really like how anyone looks at them. He thinks it's unfair and he doesn't like feeling less than, which nobody does, but he's the narrator, so we get that from him. Ponyboy falls asleep while he's trying to figure out why the socials hate them so much. He's kind of always thinking about that. Soda gets in bed. He tries to smooth things over between Derry and Ponyboy because they kind of had a fight after Ponyboy got jumped, and he tries to tell him that he loves him. And he's just worried about him and all that stuff. But Ponyboy doesn't believe him. He just thinks that Derry doesn't like him. Then he asks Soda why he dropped out of school. Because Soda Pop dropped out of school to work to help with bills and stuff. And he says it's because he's dumb. But then he tells him that he's planning on marrying his girlfriend Sandy after she graduates. <laughs> and then it says that Pony looks at Soda Pop and he sees a Greek god. Like he doesn't think anything ill of Soda Pop. He just loves him. That's basically it. That's chapter one. So chapter two, so there's like that overall theme of like the grass is green on the other side as Ponyboy kind of tells us about the socias. And so it's the next night and they're ready to go to the movie. It's Ponyboy, Johnny, Ponyboy's best friend, and then Dally, the tough one. Throughout the whole book, they're always out on the street. They're never really home. They're just street kids, really. And so there's a few driving in the towns and the socias and greasers kind of stick to different places. But in this night, they're all going to the what they call the nightly double. They get to the theaters and they sneak under the gate once it gets dark. Ponyboy's like, we had money to pay for it, but Dally never likes doing things by the rules. And so they, they snuck in just because they could. They go sit down in like the seat and they're right behind these two pretty girls, these Soch girls. And then Dally walked over and sits behind him and starts kind of being rude to him. Maybe his way of flirting with them. They're trying to ignore him and then finally they turn around and tell him to shut up basically. Ponyboy recognizes one of the girls. Her name's Cherry, and she's a cheerleader at the high school. The girl calls him a greaser in like in like a real derogatory tone. So basically, the girl tells him to basically leave him alone. She's gonna call the cops. Dally continues, and then he asks if they want a soda. He gets mad and leaves when they refuse. She then turns around and acknowledges Ponyboy and asks if he's gonna start being rude to him too. And he just kind of shakes his head no. And she smiles and kind of asks who he is, and and then Ponyboy kind of winces because he hates telling people his name's Pony Boy, but he's kind of taken by surprise when she says it's like an original lovely name. So then they start talking and they kind of figure out that they go to the same school. She asks Pony Boy about Soda Pop. They know exactly who Soda Pop is because he's the, the handsome guy that works at the gas station. Dallas comes back with a couple of Cokes and he offers one to Cherry and she says basically she would never drink one even if she was dying. But her friend was like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Johnny, who's super quiet, kind of scared of his own shadow, steps up and kind of tells off the, the meanest one of their gang that he just basically needs to be quiet and leave him alone. And Dolly gets super mad, but doesn't do anything. And then Ponyboy kind of explains that. One, no one talks to Dolly like that, but 
if anyone ever was going to talk to Dahlia like that, it had to be Johnny because he was like the gang's pet and everyone just loved him so much that there was no way anyone was going to lay a hand on him or anything like that. So, so Dahlia gets super mad and storms off and Cherry thanks Johnny and Johnny's like, yeah, man, like no one, no one talks to Dahlia like that. And she's like, well, you did. And then she invites Ponyboy and Johnny to sit with them so that they can protect the girls. And Ponyboy the whole time is just thinking how weird it must look that these two young greaser boys are hanging out with like the two most popular girls in the school. And then 2-Bit shows up and he's like flirting with the girls as well. So Johnny and 2-Bit and Pony are sitting there with the two girls. 2-Bit's asking if they've seen Dally and they're like, yeah, he took off. And they ask why, and so he's like, oh yeah, this guy named Tim Shepard's looking for him. He's another greaser that kind of runs with a different gang. Basically, he's like, yeah, Dally slashed Tim Shepard's tires, and so they're, they're looking to fight. So Tubit asks if Dally has a knife on him. They're like, no, I don't think he does. And they're like, okay, that's good. They'll fight fair if they don't have a knife. And so it's just like so common, such a way of life for them. And the girls are like kind of mocking them how easily they talk about violence, and it's just kind of no, so nonchalant to them. Yeah, they say they call it skin fighting when there's no weapons and they don't consider that to be rough. So as long as it's a fair fight with just skin, they feel safe. But as soon as there's weapons like knives or guns or any sort of like pipes or anything, which they also use, that's when things get dangerous. Yeah, and another thing important to note is that Pony Boy and Cherry are standing in line at the concession stand buying popcorn and soda for everyone. She asks kind of what the deal is with Johnny, why he's like so jumpy. And uh, Pony Boy kind of reluctantly jumps into the whole story about how Johnny was jumped super bad. Basically, that he was walking home and just kind of saw Johnny's jacket laying in the dirt. And so he picked it up and kept on walking and then realized that there was blood all over it. And then kind of started looking around and saw Johnny kind of just laying in a heap over in the corner and ran over there. And he was like, at first he thought he was dead because he was just so beaten up and so bloody. And then everyone started coming and figure out what happened. And he like explains to him that four socials jumped him and one of them had like a handful of rings on like every finger and just like just was punched him in the face with a bunch of rings. And then he said, noted that that was like the first time that he had ever seen Johnny cry, which was like really kind of eerie for him because he had been like abused his whole life by his dad, been beaten up and all this stuff. He said he got hit by a two by four by his dad and he didn't even make a sound. But in this moment when he was like in front of his buddies, he was just like sobbing and so scared that like it was like a noticeable change in Johnny. And then Pony goes through this whole story and then kind of comes to and realizes that he's like telling all this to Cherry and Ellen Cherry's obviously mortified and she kind of tries to explain to him that not not all socias are are bad, not all of them are like like those guys that jumped Johnny. And then Pony Boy's like, yeah, you're probably right because not all greasers are like Dally, like hardened, just mean. And so there's there's good in every group and bad in every group, I guess. And but the, this is the first time where Cherry introduces the idea that things are rough all over. So Pony Boy kind of, from the first chapter, always talks about how basically the, the grass is greener on the other side. But Cherry, for the first time, is like, yeah, you kind of got it all wrong. It's it's not greener. <laughs> it's Everyone has their problems, whether you you like to see it or not. So they go back, finish the movie. Um, 2-Bit and Cherry's friend Marsha have been flirting pretty much the whole night. And Pony Boy's just kind of enjoying sitting next to a girl that's not crude. He, and he keeps on thinking about what Cherry said when she said that things are rough all over. He says, I really couldn't see what the socials would have to sweat about. Good grades, good cars, good girls, Madras and Mustangs and Corvairs. He's like, man, I thought if I had worries like that, I'd consider myself lucky. And he says, I know better now. So that's the end of chapter two. 
Yeah. One thing I want to point out is that when Ponyboy is talking about how Johnny got jumped and how scared he is now, he says that he never walks alone anymore and he's always carrying a knife. He says he'd use it too if he ever got jumped again. They scared him that much. He would kill the next person who jumped him. Yeah, like instead of like 2-Bit carries a knife for show, Johnny carried a knife because he wanted to protect himself yeah. and he was serious about doing so. Okay, chapter three. So after the movie, 2-Bit offers to drive the girls home and they are reluctant, but they decide to let him and they go walk over to his house to get his car. So throughout the whole novel, Ponyboy at different times, he's like, well, maybe that's the difference between Gracers and Socias, and maybe this is the difference, and maybe this is what's the same. But one thing he says right here, he says they're just the same, except the Socias liked the Beatles and thought Elvis was out, and Gracers thought the Beatles were rank, which I think is bad. <laughs> it's yeah. not like an, yeah. a term like from sucked. a long time. They sucked, and that Elvis was tough, but he said that seemed like the only difference to me. So Cherry and Ponyboy are talking about the differences between socials and greasers. And Ponyboy thinks that it's money and Cherry disagrees. And she says that greasers have a different set of values and that they're more emotional than socials who are sophisticated. She says they're cool to the point of not feeling anything, which I think is really significant because like the greasers are pretty emotional and they come from rough childhoods and rough situations and they feel things. Whereas the socias have everything they want given to them whenever they want, and it's harder for them to feel. I think it's easier for the, the greasers to kind of attribute their feelings to jealousy or to want or to, I mean, just the idea of not being loved, and they, they attribute having things to to happiness. Mm -hmm. It's like this materialistic kind of, he has a Mustang, therefore he's happy. Exactly. You know? And so Cherry's kind of trying to explain to Ponyboy that it's not the case. She's like, we have everything we ever wanted, so there is no reason for feeling you know, or even want or desire. The socials are just trying to find anything that kind of makes, <laughs> makes their life interesting, really. Yeah. Okay, so they're walking home. Ponyboy and Cherry are talking the whole time, and he realizes that he's super comfortable around her and he doesn't even talk this much with Soda or Johnny. And he tells her stories about their childhood and Cherry asks Ponyboy if he reads a lot, which he does. And she asks if he watches the sunset and he says he does. And Cherry says she watches the sunset too. And he says, it seemed funny to me that the sunset she saw from her patio and the one I saw from my back steps was the same. Maybe the two different worlds we live in weren't so different. We saw the same sunset. So, yeah, again, throughout the novel, Ponyboy goes back and forth with the differences between socias and greasers, what makes them different, what makes them the same. So as they're walking home, the blue Mustang, which is what the socias drive most of the book, comes around the corner, and Cherry and Marsha say it's Randy and Bob who are their boyfriends. And there's a few others with them. And they don't stop, but they drive by slowly obviously just saw that their girls were with the greasers, which they're not too stoked about. They keep walking. Cherry asks about Derry. Ponyboy doesn't really have anything to say about him, except that he's handsome and he's big and he likes football. And then he says to Cherry that Derry only likes soda. He doesn't like him. Tubit and Johnny are listening. Tell him he's got it wrong. They all kind of stand up for Derry. Ponyboy's really the only one who doesn't see that Derry loves him. He can't like see past his own anger. So Johnny is one of, he tells him that he's wrong. And Ponyboy 
starts feeling stupid because he's complaining about his family situation, which is a million times better than Johnny's situation. He's embarrassed and he's angry and he snaps at Johnny, says something really mean about how, of course, his parents don't want him. And Tubit slaps Ponyboy because they all protect Johnny. And obviously Ponyboy feels terrible and he apologizes. Ponyboy freaks out at this point, goes into a huge speech about how life isn't fair and all that stuff. And then, like I said, he goes back and forth with his feelings of the difference between socials and greasers and whether or not they're the same. And right now, because he's angry, he says, you know, we all ha- like people dropped out, didn't get to go to college. We have all these hard things happening. All the while, the socials had so much spare time and money that they jumped us and each other for kicks, had beer blasts and river bottom parties because they didn't know what else to do. Things were rough all over, all right, all over the east side. Anyway, the blue Mustang comes back, two socials get out, and Johnny looks like he's going to pass out. Ponyboy realizes that they must be the guys who jumped Johnny because they're in a blue Mustang and one of them has a bunch of rings on his hand. And the one with the rings is Bob, who is Cherry's boyfriend. And the other one is Randy. Bob tries to get Cherry to come with them, but she says she won't because he's drunk and she doesn't like being around him when they're drunk. Tubit pulls out his switchblade and at that moment cherry is like okay never mind like we'll ride home with you we don't want trouble so they get in with the socias and they go home yeah it's kind of a cool scene they kind of get like their mouth and back and forth pony boy kind of says like anytime the socias come around they start acting real cool those like quite a cigarette or kind of slouch against something but in this case the the socias are basically like asking the girls why they're hanging out with these bums and then two bit starts getting mouthy and the socia's like hey we got four guys in the car like if you want to do this and so two bit pulls out a switchblade and then he picks up a coke bottle and smashes it against the wall so that the, like the glass is all sharp and, and then pony boy has it in his hand as if and, he would ever use yeah, it yeah as if and then johnny has his switchblade and so they're all just like <laughs> ready to like fight the socias or just basically stab the socias it goes back to this idea that if you just, as you read the book, just picture them just like constantly in the streets and just tough, tough kids. Yeah. Like they're like 15 years old and they're pulling knives on each other, ready to kill each other. And so. So crazy. It's like this crazy rivalry that they have. This is probably my favorite part of the entire book. Obviously, Ponyboy is crushing on Cherry. Like she's beautiful. She's older. She's a soch. So as she says she'll ride home with the socias, she apologizes to Ponyboy and says, you know, if I don't say hi to you in the hall at school, like, don't take it personally, basically. She says she couldn't let her parents see her with a greaser, basically. And he says, it's okay. <laughs> he says, it's okay, I said, wishing I was dead and buried somewhere. <laughs> Which is my, like, favorite line I think I've ever read in my life because I feel that way all the time. Anyway, he tells Cherry as she's leaving not to forget that he watches the sunsets too. And then this is wild to me and out of nowhere. And I get it because girls like bad guys. But Cherry, who was just totally harassed by Dallas Winston, says as she's leaving, I could fall in love with Dallas Winston. I, I hope I never see him again. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I think... I think I think she kind of sees maybe saw in him what everyone else saw in him, but they yeah. can't help but respect him. Like like Pony Boy says, how he doesn't like Dallas at all. No one likes him, but he respects him and will listen to him. And so he was just that he commands or demands respect from everyone he meets, whether it's because he's people are afraid of him or just because he's just so wild, people respect him. But yeah, she's like, 
I ever see him again, I'm gonna fall in love with him. And Pony Boy's just like, what the heck? <laughs> Pony Boy's like, tight. I didn't like you either. <laughs> yeah. So he just got friend zone, but friend zone for sure. Okay, so the girls get in the car with the socias and leave. The boys walk home. And Tubit got Marsha's number, but he tears it up because he says it's probably fake. There's no way she would actually give him a real phone number. Tubit leaves and Johnny and Ponyboy go to the vacant lot where they always hang out. It's like where they play football, where they meet up, everything. It's near Ponyboy's house. So they go there. They're looking at the stars, talking about their lives. Ponyboy says he's just basically talking about how he doesn't, like it's not okay. His life, it's not like take it or leave it like most of the greasers. It like makes him upset and he's not okay with it. And Johnny says he feels the same way and he says he can't take much more or he'll kill himself. And Johnny's like, I have to do something. There's got to be some place without greasers or socias with just people, plain ordinary people. So they start talking about the country, how great life would be out there. They wouldn't get jumped. They wouldn't have to carry knives. Life could be, you know, simple and easy. And then they, while they're talking about it, they fall asleep. Ponyboy wakes up in a panic because he's way late and he runs home and Derry's pissed, obviously. They get into a huge fight. Derry's basically like, don't you know you have brothers here worrying about you? We were about to call the police, but we can't call the police because if we do, then they're going to take you away and send you to a boy's home. Anyway, he's freaking out. Derry slaps Ponyboy across the face for the first time ever. And Ponyboy runs out of the house and to the lot, wakes up Johnny and tells him that they're running away. So Johnny doesn't ask questions. He just follows him. And they run for a while. Pony Boy's just like venting, saying that he's scared, that tells him that Derry hit him, that he doesn't like him. And Johnny, poor freaking sweetheart, says, I think I like it better when the old man's hitting me. At least then I know he knows who I am, which just like breaks my heart because most of the time they just ignore him. Anyway, Pony Boy tells Johnny that he's not alone, that the gang's his family. They start realizing that running away is not such a great idea, that they'll go home. They'll like work it out between him and Derry. And before they go home, they decide to walk to the park. And Pony Boy thinks, you know, things have got to get better. They can't get worse from here. And then he says, I was wrong. Chapter four, middle of the night, they're hanging out in the park. Johnny's just kind of along for the ride. He doesn't want to go home because he hates his family. Pony is like, yeah, I'll just smoke a cigarette. Like that always calms me down, and I'll I'll head back home and see what see what happens. So they're just chilling in the park, and they see the blue Mustang, the same one with Bob and Randy from earlier that day, pulling up. And they're like, what the heck are they doing here? Like they're thinking, like, okay, should we run? But they realize, like, yeah, there's no way that we can take off right now. And so, so now they just kind of resort to acting tough, and they just kind of start slouching. Both of them are smoking. And so they come up, and Johnny's basically like, hey, you guys are out of your territory. The Socias are super drunk. There's four of them, I think. So they're like, hey, these are the two kids that were talking to our girlfriends. And so they're just kind of going back and forth. Ponyboy sees Johnny reach into his pocket to make sure his switchblade's there. Ponyboy says, Johnny had a black, tough look on his face. You'd have to know him to see the panic in his eyes. And so even though they both look kind of tough on the outside, both of them were kind of freaking out because they were obviously outnumbered by kids way older than them. But then he's like, we'd never give the socials the satisfaction of knowing that they were scared. So they're both kind of going back and forth, just kind of talking. And Bob says, greasers are white trash with long hair. And Pony has never been more insulted by anything in his life. (laughs) 
he doesn't know what to say, so he just spits on the ground at him. <laughs> and then he's like, you know what Socha's are? White trash with Mustangs. And Bob tells Pony that he could use a bath. And so they're like by this fountain thing. And so they grab Pony Boy and they're just basically drowning him. <laughs> they're just shoving his head underwater. And Pony's like freaking out. He's drowning. He's like starting to just die pretty much. And then all of a sudden he's he's good. He wakes up. He's sitting there and Johnny's sitting next to him. He looks at Johnny like kind of honestly surprised he's alive and sees that Johnny's holding this switchblade. And the blade's just completely covered in blood. And he looks around, there's blood around him. So he realizes that Johnny killed Bob, the guy that was drowning Pony Boy. And so when obviously Johnny stabbed Bob, the other socials took off. And so now it's just Pony Boy, Johnny, and then dead, dead Bob, Bob <laughs> sitting there. And so obviously they're freaking out and they have no idea what to do. Johnny's like, we need to go see Dolly. Toughest one of the group, the one that's been in the most trouble. That's who they turn to in their time of need after killing someone in self-defense, but nonetheless killing someone. Johnny decides that they need some money, they need a gun, they need a plan, and that Dallas is the is the one to go see. So they go to Buck Merrill's house, who's like one of Dallas's old rodeo buddies, and he was also just like a pretty crappy dude. <laughs> and so they, Pony Boy was like forbidden of ever going close to, to Buck Merrill's house because they just had wild parties and all these things. And also... <laughs> It says he likes Hank Williams, which in Pony Boy's opinion is like as gross as you can get. Yeah. It's like the scum of the earth likes Hank Williams, <laughs> yeah. which is a singer, by the way. He's like an old country singer. Something I didn't realize and something's not really conveyed in the movie is that they're in Oklahoma and they're they're kind of country, which mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize is that they all like rodeos and they like horses. They go to, to Buck Merrill's house and pounding on the door and Buck Merrill basically answers and is like, yeah, get the heck out of here. Like, what are you guys doing? And so they're like, hey, we need to talk to Dallas. And he's like, oh, he's busy. He's up in the room. And then kind of Boney Boy gets like a little shy because he knows what goes on in bedrooms. In, in bedrooms at Buck Merrill's party. So then finally he's like, tell him that it's Pony Boy and Johnny. He'll come. So Dallas comes down and he's he's, he's pretty beat up. <laughs> and so he had found um, Tim Shepard, the guy that he slashed his tired. So they broke a couple of his ribs in a fight. And so Dallas was at Buck Merrill's house sleeping. So they t basically explained to him what's going on. And, and Dallas, no questions, just he's like, all right, like this is what we got to do. Gives him money, gives him a gun, gives Pony Boy some dry clothes. He basically tells him about this abandoned church in a, in a small town. I mean, I would imagine it'd be like a couple hours away. Yeah. Dallas tells him that they need to hop on a specific train and ride it to a certain town and then jump off and then go up to the top of this hill and there's an abandoned church that that I'm assuming Dallas has maybe used in the past to, to hide out at. So they hop the train with the gun, money, and Dallas basically tells them that he'll meet up with them once everything calms down. And so like without saying goodbye to anyone, anything, they're gone because they're in their minds they just committed murder and they they needed to jump down. So they go to this town called Windricksville. So, and they realize that they're in this country, the country that they're talking about where maybe socias and, and greasers don't exist and they don't need to carry guns and things like that. But Pony's still self-conscious about how people look at him. He's like, man, I wonder what people think about these, these two greasers. But I think, I don't think he realizes that those people don't know what greasers are. Yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as a greaser to them. Yeah. So now they're at this church. They're just kind of hanging out or Dallas tells them not to leave the church they they they're stuck there they spend their first night there pony boy wakes up and johnny's gone left a note saying that he went into town to get supplies so he comes back later and he has like a deck of cards he purchased the book gone with the wind because he knew that pony boy does wanted to read it some bread and like bologna and a couple of candy bars that they ate like right away 
And then he also bought some some bleach for them to kind of change their hair because they their faces were in the papers. And so they cut off all their hair, which is like their pride and joy. And Pony Boy is pretty broken up about losing his hair. I think you went into chapter five. I went five. into chapter five. It's okay. Whoops. My favorite part of chapter four is when Pony Boy talks about the last time he was in a church. Oh, yeah. When they were all, like the greasers were all there together. He says that him and Johnny went and they sat in the back and they actually tried to listen and get something out of it but the other guys were obviously rowdy and steve accidentally dropped a hymn book and the entire congregation turned around to look at them and he says him and johnny were so embarrassed that they almost crawled under their seats and then two bit waved at them which was like the most horrifying thing yeah, that's ever at happened the congregation when they all turned around yeah and he was just being like smart yep. aleck and waved at everybody and pony boy says he hasn't been to church since <laughs> anyway okay so chapter five like cam said he wakes up the next day. Johnny had gone to the store, got all their supplies. They cut their hair and they bleached Pony Boys, which really hurt his feelings, I think, even hair. more. Yeah. yeah. So he keeps complaining about why they had to change his hair. And Johnny tells him that they have no choice, that they have their descriptions in the papers. And Pony Boys like, it doesn't make sense. I could just as easily rob a store with short hair. So Johnny says, on page 71, he says, it's just a way of trying to break us. They can't really do anything to guys like Curly Shepherd or Tim. They've had about everything done to them, and they can't take anything away from them because they don't have anything in the first place, so they cut their hair. It's like the one thing that they're proud of that the authorities, I guess, can take away from them. So anyway, they cut their hair. Pony's mortified. <laughs> he was very proud of it. He always talks about how Soda Pop is handsome and how he wishes he was handsome. Which he is, he just doesn't see it. But he now especially is like, I'm disgusting. They talk for a while about the night before and what happened, but Johnny doesn't want to talk about it. He freaks out, says, you know, he can't believe he killed him. He couldn't have been more than 17. And now he has to live with that. And he's freaking out, crying. And Ponyboy tries to comfort him. Johnny just says that he didn't mean to, but he thought that they were going to kill Ponyboy, which... As a child, you don't realize, but that's self-defense. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Ponyboy starts crying, and that makes Johnny feel bad. He tells him he should go home, that he didn't kill anyone. And Ponyboy's like, no, I'm not leaving you. So the next few days go by with them eating bologna sandwiches, playing poker, and reading Gone with the Wind. Ponyboy reads it out loud to Johnny, and he gets really into the book. Ponyboy is surprised by this because he doesn't think that Johnny likes reading and he doesn't do well in school. Ponyboy thinks about how much better Johnny would do in school if teachers were more patient with him. It says that Johnny especially likes the parts in Gone with the Wind about Southern gentlemen and says that they remind him of Dally, which is funny because Dally is like the farthest thing from a gentleman in Ponyboy's eyes. But Johnny insists and he tells him how he watched Dally get arrested by the cops for breaking windows in the school, which is something that Tubit did. But Dally got arrested for it. But he took the sentence, and Johnny thinks that that's gallant. They just value loyalty among their friendship more than gold, more than the Socha's Mustang, mm -hmm. more than literally anything. Like They find so much solace in the fact that they have each other's back. So even if 2-Bit was the one smashing on the windows and Dally got blamed, he's like, yeah, I did it, because there's no way ever that he was going to mm -hmm. rat out 2-Bit. Yeah, so. which I think is something that separates the Greasers and the Socha's. I don't think the Socha's are that loyal. No, to each other. No. So Johnny talks about how he thinks that Dally's a gallant gentleman, and Ponyboy realizes in this moment the extent of Johnny's hero worship of Dally. He's like the most amazing person in the world to him. 
But he says that Dally was real and that scared him. And he respects him, obviously. We've already talked about that. So one morning, Ponyboy wakes up early and he sits on the back porch. And Johnny comes to join him. And they talk about how pretty the view is. And on the horizon, there's a thin line of gold. And Johnny says, it's too bad it couldn't stay like that all the time. And Ponyboy says, nothing gold can stay, which is obviously the famous line from this book. And then he recites the poem by Robert Frost. And it says, nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today, nothing gold can stay. Johnny says that's exactly what he was trying to say about the sky. They talk about how (laughs) they could never talk about things like this in front of the other greasers. They would think that they were crazy, except for maybe Soda. So finally, on the fifth day of them staying in the church, Dally shows up. He gives Ponyboy a letter that Soda wrote to him. And he says that him and Derry are really worried. The letter says they have no idea where he is and Dally won't tell them, which is another like loyalty thing on Dally's part. He said he wouldn't tell. And they say they want him to come home, but they get it. Like Johnny will get caught, so they can't. And Dally takes them into town to get food. And he says he thinks they're safe because he told the police that they ran to Texas. So they think that they're fine for now, at least staying in another town. Dally tells them that the greasers and the socias are going to have a war, which they call a rumble. It's going to be the next night in the vacant lot, and Tim Shepard's gang is going to fight with the greasers, and then another gang, I can't remember what they're called, but we find out then. Yeah, I can't remember either, but they just basically, it was like, they called anyone and everyone that was considered a greaser, that hated socias, it was like, now's our chance to Mm -hmm. just throw down because basically the socials wanted to fight in retaliation of for Bob getting killed and then the greasers wanted to fight for in retaliation of Pony Boy and Johnny getting jumped and yeah. then also just because they they like hate, to fight. They like to fight. <laughs> and they yeah. hate the socials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he tells them there's gonna be a rumble. Dally says that the greasers can't walk anywhere alone these days since Bob was killed because they just keep getting jumped. And the deal is if the greasers win the rumble, the socials have to leave them alone for good. But then he tells them that they also have a spy that's like giving them information from the socias and it's Cherry, even though it was her boyfriend that Johnny killed. Yeah. So that's the end of chapter five. That's the end. And Dallas is super excited. Obviously. About the the idea of a fight. Rumbles are exciting. They, it's like a planned war and it's a skin fight, right? So to them, it's not like extremely dangerous. Uh Uh-huh. Dallas tells Johnny and Pony Boy in this moment while they're sitting at Dairy Queen eating burgers that he started carrying a gun just out of protection. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't keep it loaded, but it, it serves its purpose in, in scaring people. Okay, guys, that is the end of this episode. In the next episode, we'll cover chapters 6 through 12, which is the end of the book, and then we'll go over themes. Be sure to follow Brief Podcast on Instagram and Spotify or iTunes so you can be notified when the next books are posted.